My name is Sam Stevenson, and welcome to part two of my multimedia capstone project. In this second half of audio recordings, I get a chance to speak to several members of the Chicago Bears media and get their perspective as to exactly what's gone wrong with the team between 1985-1986 and the present day 2022. I speak with John Buffon, Kevin Kaduk, and Brendan Sergru. All right, so my first question, what would you say between the 85-86 Super Bowl and kind of where the Chicago Bears are right now in 2022, would you say overall that the Bears have been a successful franchise in the NFL? No, I wouldn't say they were they're a successful franchise by any definition since that Super Bowl. Uh, when I look at the Chicago Bears and where they are now, I kind of see them as this once great empire that has been in decline for 40 years almost because it's been resting on its laurels. It conquered what it wanted to conquer in 1985 and 86. And then that is what the organization has been resting on since then almost. It it seems like no matter where you go, you have to hear about the 85 Bears. You have to hear about Mike Singletary. You got to hear about Buddy Ryan, the 46 defense, the the Super Bowl shuffle, uh, the greatest defense of all time, potentially the greatest team of all time. And somehow that greatest team of all time was only good enough to win the Super Bowl one time. And so uh, I see this brand that finally arrived and it was just in your face and it's legendary and people still talk about it and the bears have been able to almost use that as a vehicle for the last 40 years to say well don't be upset that we are not winning remember the 85 bears wasn't that great but now we're what 36 37 years removed from that and a lot of the fan base wasn't alive in 1985 and 86 myself included So I didn't get to see that Super Bowl team even as an infant. I only get to watch replays and I get to watch highlights on YouTube and I get to hear, I got to hear stories from my family who was alive and was around during that time. I got to hear stories from my uncle Doug who played for the Bears. He wasn't on the 85 Bears, but he was still pretty involved in, in, in Chicago sports media at the time. So you get to it's like we all missed out on something because that's all everybody ever talks about all we ever hear about is the 85 bears and i'm like i wasn't there for that i didn't get to experience that we got a close taste of that in 2006 2007 when they went to the super bowl but once again a flash in the pan team that didn't return there i don't even think they made the playoffs the next year after that so it's it's very much this empire that has been resting on its conquest almost four decades ago and every once in a while there's a flash in the pan season that gives you hope but there's just no sustainability to it so i can't call that success because you're banking on hopefully once every four five six seven years they have a team that looks like it might be able to compete and then it goes into automatic rebuild mode right after that so no i i I don't see this as a successful franchise uh, by the standard in which we measure success in the NFL. No, I, I really like that answer. And I like that kind of the way you describe it as this this empire. I, I, I think that's a really, really great way to describe it. Uh, kind of going back to some of the stuff you talked about, uh, that the flashes in the moments. So since that Super Bowl, there's been several changes to the general managers, uh, change in ownership, uh, really just kind of the passing of the guard, if you will, several coaching changes and 
one Super Bowl appearance and uh, pretty sure like three playoff appearances since since that Super Bowl, the 06 Super Bowl. Since then, the Bears have made the playoffs three times, haven't gotten as far as, as the conference championship game again. And that's within a 15-year span. And now we're kind of talking about, you know, people who have been experiencing the Bears in this kind of time and age, and there's been nothing. I mean, we talk about there was excitement in 2018. I think you described it perfectly, the, the, the flashes. You know, that was a team that a lot of people said this team might be it, and they fell apart in the wildcard game. Is there someone or something, and maybe there's multiple answers to this, that you would point a finger to and blame for our kind of – why this team hasn't been able to even look remotely at all like they did in 85 or even 06? Well, when I think of the management of the Chicago Bears, I see it as a car with a broken engine, but we just keep changing the tires on it. And what I mean by that is when you look at the decades, or in this case, the 15 years of inconsistency, you can't put all of that on Lovey Smith. You can't put all of that on uh, Bill Emery. You can't put all of that on Mark Tressman. You can't put all of that on Matt Nagy. You can't put all of that on Ryan Pace. You, you can't put that all on one person. You can't put it on Mitch Trubisky or Rex Grossman or uh, any of those other you know laundry list of quarterbacks that have started for the Chicago Bears. You can't say that 15 years of inconsistency is all because of one person. So what's the common denominator? It has been the front office. It has been the president. And for the most part, the chairman, George McCaskey. And listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, take shots at their character. I don't want to take shots at who they are, but when you look at what can you take all of this back to, it is the people who make the decisions. It's the people who hire the GM. It is the people who they put in charge of hiring the head coach and they put in charge of the personnel decisions. So they go through a lot of these, they, uh, they go through a lot of GMs. They go through a lot of head coaches. They go through a lot of quarterbacks. And what is the common denominator all through that tenure? The consistency of Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. So, that's why this that I was hoping, and it, at least there seems like there's a little bit of change where they need to shake up the system and how they do business. And I understand they had to bring in another advisor to hire a GM. I would have liked to have seen a VP of football operations, but at least they added the assistant GM position to this. They let Ryan Poles kind of have uh, an input on he wanted an assistant uh, GM, and they got one. So when you look at the struggles of the Chicago bears over the last decade and a half, you can't just put it on one GM, one head coach, one quarterback who's at the top that is making those decisions. And I think that's where the, the root of this comes into as far as the way the bears have done business. And I've said on numerous occasions, sometimes I think the bears are run like a family diner whenever it's a multi-billion dollar business where you like somebody, so you can't get rid of them. He's sometimes the, the GM is, you know, he's just so nice to you, which is the equivalent of having your cousin as a, uh, as a chef in your diner, but he can't even make a grilled cheese, but you keep him on board because he's just a nice guy and you, things would be awkward when it comes to, you know, family parties and stuff. So you can't let him go. Uh, so I, I think that, the Bears cling to this very antiquated way of running things because that's the way we've always done it. And unfortunately, the way we've always done it has not worked in the, basically in the last 40 years, and especially the last 15. Oh, that's, a, that's a great way of putting it for sure. 
and you kind of answer part of this question already, but, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and answer because there might be more in depth to it. What do you think overall is, is so frustrating when it comes to covering this team, not necessarily just as a fan, but just like as someone who actually actively covers the team talks about it and like speaks about what they think this team is going on or, and you know, the, the ins and outs of the team, what is, what has become you know, frustrating when you cover the Chicago Bears. And again, I know you answered kind of some of this, but I'm curious if there's more in-depth analysis you might have with that. Sure. I think the most frustrating part is this is a very cyclical team and not in the good sense where it almost gets hard to talk about this team towards the end because it's the same song and dance. The GM can't get the head coach right. The head coach can't get the quarterback right. The offense sputters. You you see really good, solid defenses throughout the years, but you waste them. Defenses that could win championships, and you see them just waste away, like we saw in the mid two thousands, and we saw uh, we were seeing we saw right now basically uh, an aging defense, and they can't figure out the quarterback. The GM can't figure out some of the personnel problems. The head coach seems to be a revolving door every three to four years. So I think it's the, the frustrating part about doing a show or covering this team would be it's the same thing over and over again. And so by the time you get to year four, week 16, it's almost like you're, you're, you're having deja vu. It's Groundhog's Day. You're saying the same things you said two or three years ago. And so the, it, I think that is like they're not just – failing in new ways they're failing the same way they've always failed and so you you just look at that and you and your mind uh goes numb because you think here i am i feel like i'm doing the same show i was doing two years ago i feel like i'm saying the exact same things i was saying two years ago and all and so it's just it's frustrating to see the same thing over and over again because we see the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So uh, it, that that is what's frustrating because you look at the Bears and you can almost play out the fate of the franchise for the next two or three years and you kind of and and you see reporters doing it now you see show hosts doing it now it's like well here's the same show we do every four years. <laughs> and, and and you hope to just see an end of that cycle and you got and trying to remain hopeful is difficult but you have to you have to remain you have to remain hopeful that eventually something's going to click so the stars will align the quarterback position that will be figured out the gm will consistently stock the cupboard with talent and the head coach will be a leader of men and be able to have control over the offense, the defense, and special teams, and this team will actually run like a well-oiled machine. Is it likely? I don't know, but you have to keep that hope that it will. You're making this really easy for me because your end of your answer answers are just transitioning perfectly to my next questions. Uh, so I do appreciate that. And I really like that kind of idea that you talk about like the definition of insanity because I truly think like there is a great quote I heard from a show like, persistence without insight will get you nowhere. And I truly think like with the Chicago Bears, it, it just truly feel like they just continue to try and try and try the same thing. And yeah, maybe they made a little bit of some changes this year in terms of trying to find their new GM and finally creating an assistant general manager position. But like, uh, there's a great, uh, someone who I talked to, you said, um, like one of my co-hosts in my podcast, he has a great quote. He always he says like the Bears are always two to three steps behind every other NFL franchise and making moves. And I think that's a, a great example of that. But 
you talk about still being hopeful, right? As, as just fans, as people who cover the team, talk about the team, you're hopeful that finally something's going to go right. When we look at this current 2022 sort of setup, we have a new general manager in Ryan Poles. We have a new head coach in Matt Eberflus and a second-year quarterback in Justin Fields. Do those guys or anything else with this team give you some sort of hope that like maybe things are going to start to finally click again? I'm going to pause and think. Totally fine. You have to be hopeful because you don't have any other choice as a fan. You have to think that things will get better because if you don't, then what are you watching the games for? So when I see the new regime, I am hopeful that a young, intelligent GM like Ryan Poles can lead this team into the modern era. I know Ryan Pace had a lot to do with modernizing the facilities. He didn't do much to modernize the team. Uh, uh, so Matt Nagy was supposed to be an offensive guru. Unfortunately, that didn't work out because what he was brought in to do was actually the things that he might've been the worst at. Uh, so you have to remain hopeful and just from speaking and I, and, and listen, the Chicago bears are in my blood. Literally, because my uncle played for them for a decade and a half. I think he made the playoffs one time in those 15 years. Uh, remained hopeful as a show host on the postgame show. Always hopeful. Was very hard on the Bears. Was very critical of the Bears, but always wanted the Bears to succeed. So you have to be able to remain positive, but there's not, that doesn't mean that you have to be blind. So when you look at last year or the John Fox years, the Mark Tressman years, you can say, I want this team to win. But you can be realistic in thinking, I don't think this is the right combination to do it. Uh, now, there's no evidence that this combination is going to fail. And I hope that they succeed as a Bears fan, as someone who watches this and invests in this team emotionally, financially. You want to see this team succeed. And so you hope that there's a culture change because I think that's what the bears are in most need of a culture change to hold people accountable, to say the standard isn't just being okay. The standard isn't just falling backwards into the playoffs and then getting bounced in the first round. The standard needs to be, we have to win the playoffs and, or we have to get into the playoffs, maybe win the division and we need to be a contender for the super bowl. And if we are not that type of team, then we need to find somebody who will make us that type of team. Uh, you look at other teams throughout the, throughout the NFL. Do you think that just being average is good enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers? They, they, they hated this year. I can tell you that they, they were not a Super Bowl contender, even though they made the playoffs, they, that wasn't good enough. You think that flies in new England? No, it doesn't. It, you, you look at some of these other teams where the standard is very high. They set the standards very high where if you even go eight and eight or now nine and eight, that's a bad year for some of those teams. Whereas if you're the Chicago bears and a lot of the fans before the season, where you look at the, you look at the schedule as a whole and you think, well, if everything goes right and we can squeak out an upset here or there, you know what? We could go nine and eight and squeak into the playoffs. That's what fans are doing. And that's what they've been doing for years. Thinking if everything goes right and we catch some breaks, we might be good enough to get into the playoffs. I haven't felt like the Bears are, maybe with the exception of 2019, which is the biggest 
one of the biggest heartbreaks of being a Bears fan because you saw what happened in 2018 and you thought, wow, they really overachieved this year. And if things, if the double doink doesn't happen, maybe they go to the Super Bowl. But man, another year in Matt Nagy's system, another year of Trubisky, uh, you know, getting getting acclimated with the system, the defense coming back. We had incredibly high expectations for 2019. And then the same thing always happened. It proved to us that the Bears have flash-in-the-pan seasons that they can't replicate. So as Bears fans, we are snake-bitten to never expect consistent success. We hope that every four years we have a team that looks like they can make the playoffs and maybe make some noise. But I, I just, so, but you have to just <laughs> – you have to program yourself to remain hopeful, but you can't be blind in that sense either, where if you see something's not working, you don't have to be one of those people that says, oh, man, this team's great. Oh, man, we can beat anybody. No, they can't. <laughs> no, they can't. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be realistic and still be passionate. I've learned to be that way. I've learned to understand what I'm seeing, know what's out there, remain hopeful, but don't be blind to what this team is because – that's, what, that's how they keep selling you on 1985. That's how they keep selling you the history. They keep, uh, they keep celebrating the heritage of the Chicago Bears, talking about the 73 to nothing win over Washington 70 years ago now or whenever it was. So uh, don't, be, don't be a blind fan. You can be a hopeful fan, but don't be a blind fan. No, I, I, I think my, my kind of motto this offseason has been cautiously optimistic. Don't, sure. don't get overly excited about you know, an OC hire just because it seems like a lot of people are speaking highly of him. Well, a lot of people, people spoke highly of people like Matt Nagy. And like, you know, I think that that mentality is a great one to have because I totally agree with you. Like being passionate about your team is hundred percent. Okay. Being excited about things is hundred percent. Okay. But also understanding that we've been here before we've seen this all play out and we've had our hearts broken again and time and time again, should have Bears fans conditioned to a point where it's like, be excited, but don't, you know, don't feel like that this is finally where things are going to just start clicking. See how things pan out before you start talking about, you know, you say it perfectly, like bringing back the 85 Bears and using kind of that nostalgia to, to push things forward and push an agenda forward. I I absolutely agree with that. Uh, That was a, that was my last question. If if I can just say, that's why I think that a lot of Bears fans, are non-reactive to a lot of these introductory press conferences now because I think they were super fired up when Matt Nagy got here. He was going to bring the Kansas City Chiefs offense to Chicago. Clearly didn't happen. Clearly it didn't work out. I think now Bears fans are so in the mindset of don't tell me, show me. And I think George McCaskey understands that now because I think at his end-of-the-year press conference, he alluded to, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, nothing I say is going to – uh, is going to make Bears fans feel better or nothing I say is going to, you know, change the tide. It has to be results driven. And if they actually set tangible, literal goals for a team, because we heard at the end of the year press conference in 2020, we have to see progress. We have to see success. They didn't say what that is. And forever, the Bears have been operating under these subjective goals. What is success? What is progress? Is it making the playoffs? Is it going 500? Is it drafting a new quarterback? Is it having a really good defense? We don't know. 
what success is to the Chicago Bears organization. So they need someone to come in and say, if we don't meet this goal, we failed. If we don't accomplish this, we failed. Instead of just saying, we're going to see progress. We're going to see how things, uh, how things develop. We're going to collaborate. No, you set actual goals. Let the players see a finish line and push them to cross it. Rather than saying, well, we'll, we'll just see what success is. We'll, we're going to evaluate the team after the, after the season to see if it was a successful season. I can tell you it wasn't. Everybody watching the games can tell you it wasn't. You don't need to collaborate and figure out that that wasn't a successful season. Make an actual goal for somebody and hold people accountable. This is the National Football League. Get the job done or bring someone else to do it. It's, it's the, it, sh- it, it should be the biggest meritocracy there is. Get the job done or put the best person that, in that position to succeed. So I, I, I just feel like there's been – it's just not run like other franchises or I should say other successful franchises because there's plenty of other – listen – I think forever Bears fans have been like, well, it's not Jacksonville or we're not Detroit or, you know, we're, we're not some of these other. I'm like, okay, but since when is striving to not be in the bottom third of the league a good enough goal? I, 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 don't, I, I hate hearing that because, well, listen, it could be a lot worse. You could be a team that has to draft in the top five all the time. Like look at Detroit and look at, like, like I said, Jacksonville and some of these other teams that are consistently uh, performing poorly. Okay, but just being better than the worst shouldn't make you feel like your team is good. <laughs> like the way we saw this year, the Bears were good enough to beat really bad teams. The Bears were good enough to beat bad teams. They weren't good enough to beat successful teams. Are we okay being in that middle? Is that what we're striving for? I, I don't think so. So um, I, I, I think that like my common theme here is there needs to be a culture change. And you're probably not going to get it from the chairman or the president, but you're hoping that the GM, the assistant GM, the head coach, they bring in a new culture to say, this is going to be a winning team. And I think when Ryan Pohl says we're going to take the North and never give it back, a lot of people gave him flack for that. A lot of people, you know, you know, were roasting him for that. But what else, what do you want him to say? Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to hope to be competitive. Oh, great. That's what I need to hear. I hope that we're okay. No, you should have the mindset that we're going to take the North and give it back. Because if you don't, you're wasting your time. You're spinning your wheels. Have that mindset. Have that mindset that you're going to be successful. And stop, and stop putting all these qualifiers in that, or subjectiveness in of what actual success is. Uh, so if they can change that culture and they can put, they can, like I said, the stars align, this team can be successful. I'm hopeful that they can be. But like we are talking about, Bears fans, you don't have to put the blinders on. You can realistically evaluate this team and come to a conclusion and still root for them every week. I think, I think the best way to kind of conclude it is just if you're driving the car that is the Chicago Bears franchise and, and you're in that car – Make sure you have rear view windows because the reality is, is that you might get blindsided by something if you're only looking forward. I, I think that's a, a perfect way to kind of conclude all that.
So my first question kind of takes the the team from from that 85-86 Super Bowl all the way kind of to present day. If you had to, to look at that span of time, would you proclaim that the Chicago Bears are a successful NFL franchise or no? I would say that no, they're not. I mean, you're looking at it. You know, they had some success in the immediate aftermath of that in a couple of IOC championship games. Uh, but if you're looking at it, the last 27 years, they've won a total of three playoff games. I'm not exactly sure where that stacks up, but I mean, you know, now the Bengals have already surpassed them this, this just this postseason with with three wins, um, three postseason wins, and they had been behind them. But um, you know, I think that everyone likes to think that the Bears are a, this you know top of the line franchise, and the you know the playoff numbers just don't bear that out in the last half century. Um, they're they're more in line with. Detroit's and Washington's and Cleveland's of the world more than they are the you know, Green Bay or Pittsburgh or New England. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually really glad you brought the the, the playoff appearances because that's kind of where we're going to go to next. So mm-hmm. last time they they saw a Super Bowl was was 2006, um, and since then they've made the playoffs three times. Is there someone or something that you would kind of point a finger to and blame for that lack of success? Yeah, I think it just all, always goes straight back up to the top. That's what Bears fans say, and I think it's true because it's it's the McCaskey's ownership. They you know really fail every time it comes you know time to put someone in charge or put the right people in charge. They fail time and time again, and they really you know it, it's a mom and pop shop, and they they run it like that. Um, there's no reason why they can't be like the Roonies in Pittsburgh or even though the Maros haven't been doing great and with the Giants the Giants have won four Super Bowls in my lifetime (laughs) Um, so I I think it's just you know really a quality of franchise and and the way they run things Um, I don't necessarily think that they're happy with losing I think that's kind of uh, a misnomer but um, at the same time I don't think they have any idea how to win consistently and they haven't ever since uh George Hallis died. Oh, I think that's uh, I think that's a really really fair point. Um, kind of stepping away from from the team itself and more covering the team. What what do you think is frustrating about covering the Chicago Bears? Um, from like what standpoint? I mean, when I think about it, I, I you know there's media restrictions i think that just the yeah. team not being successful you know i think there's a couple ways to kind of take it i don't know i mean mm. is there just something about them that it's it's frustrating to talk about them well you know i, I look at it this way it, it seems like you know every every week you know i write this newsletter and it's like after the game it's like you're just always talking about how lost the franchise is right and it's just always the same thing. The GM is failing. The coach is failing. And it's, you know, I, I would like do anything to get, you know, to a point where the storyline from a game is like, wow, look at what this wide receiver did in this game. That was awesome. You know, 220 yards, two touchdowns. Or, hey, uh, you know, everything's going real well, but this one position. So let's focus in on that. And it's not. It's not like these little micro things, which to me as a football fan and a football writer are interesting. It's always just kind of like, how lost are they? 
And that storyline just hasn't changed. And it would be great to talk about, okay, well, now they're jockeying it for position um, for home field advantage, or this is what needs to happen over the next five games for them to really benefit or whatever. And that, that just doesn't happen. And I, you know, every once in a while you get these, you know, one-off seasons, whether it's 2001 or 2018 or 2010, but it's never consistent. You know, you'd love to go into every training camp thinking, okay, this is another playoff season. This, you know, they're at least going to win one game or whatever. NFC championship game is hopefully going to happen. That's just not the case. So I think from that, that, that standpoint, it's a a little frustrating. Um, I haven't covered the team in person for a long time, so I can't really speak all too much from, from that, like a house hall standpoint. Um, I know when I did cover them in 06 and 07, sometimes it was hard to get players and and whatever, but um, I've never covered another NFL team, so I don't really have anything to compare to. No, I I think your your perspective on that is 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 solid and and very valid. I, I like especially how you kind of say that they're a lost team because that definitely kind of that feeling of just drifting is kind of what I would compare the Bears to quite quite a bit. Yeah. Um, if you could go back in time in this time frame and change one thing, one direction, one decision, something in in this timeline. Uh, yeah. what would you change and why? Uh, yeah. So I can answer Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, the obvious one. And, um, you know, I would, if, if that were able to happen, I would really like to be able to go back. I mean, cause everyone says, okay, well, what would happen? Would, you know, Mitchell Trubisky be a star in the, you know, Kansas city under the chief, you know, Andy Reid and the chiefs or whatever. So you would like to know you would, I would like to be able to look at all the timelines if like that were the case, because maybe Patrick Mahomes is a star here, but you know, maybe at this point he's backing up Josh Allen in Pittsburgh. Who knows? <laughs> or yeah, not Pittsburgh, yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. No, I, 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 that actually is interesting. Like kind of the butterfly effect of like what would happen if Mahomes had gone to Chicago and stuff. That's, yeah. That's an interesting way to put it, and and I think it's it's definitely one of those that I think if Bears fans could go back in the past and and make a change, I think that's probably going to be one of the the top ones that they would do. Um, mm-hmm. Last question here: Current regime has changed, new general manager, new head coach. We, we've seen the cycle before. Seems like a yeah. promising young quarterback. A lot of questions though with the roster and and how they're going to approach things like the draft. What about this current team? You know, if at all, kind of could instill some hope that like maybe this organization is finally done being mediocre and maybe is finally going to try to find a way to be successful again. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's all with Justin Fields. I mean, he has a skill set that we really haven't seen before. And, and I think some leadership and confidence that we haven't really seen before in a quarterback. And, and hopefully he really comes out in 2022 and, and really kind of shows himself because I think the city can probably turn on him pretty quick. I mean, they already kind of did it. Not everyone, but um, I don't think it was fair at all. But, um, you know, there's some good pieces there. I, I don't think, you know, Ryan Pace, I don't think was a great team builder. Um, I think he was a pretty good talent evaluator to a certain degree. Um, you know, there's some good good stuff there. Hopefully the offensive line kind of really comes along and they're able to make good decisions there. Um 
but yeah, you know, they won't have like a tough ske- as tough a schedule that they played this year. They should have an easier schedule, you know. So um, hopefully things bear out. But I, I, I think that this is, you know, a three or four year process um, because I think Ryan Poles is really up against it, and he's got to get to a point where he s- starts stockpiling draft picks. And he says, "Oh, I want to build through the draft," and that's fine. I mean, everyone says they want to build through the draft, but. Um, you know, it's like, it's one thing to build through the draft. It's another thing to be the Ravens or the Steelers or, or the Patriots and, and really stockpile and, and trade back and trade back instead of being Ryan Pace and trading up and trading up and just let, letting all the draft capital go. Yeah, no, here's to uh, hoping that the Bears don't move up from, from 39 in, uh, in 2020. <laughs> Hopefully, right. uh, f- fingers crossed on that. So first question, we're going to kind of take the, the lens from 1985 to 2022 here, um, kind of a wide scope here. Would you say between the Bears' first Super Bowl win uh, in that 85-86 season to kind of where they are right now in 2022, um, heading into free agency, it seems to be like days away, but it's about a month away. Would you say the Chicago Bears are a successful NFL franchise? Hmm, successful NFL franchise. I think in the scope of just running an effective business and continuing to be a part of the cog that, like be a cog in the NFL machine, I would say yes, absolutely, because they are one of the most marketable franchises in the league, really one of the most marketable franchises in the world. I mean, they have name recognition. They were able to really build off that success from the 80s and continue it all the way through. I mean, you have fans that became fans in the 80s and just continue to like, you know, pass that on to their children and everything. So I'd say from the standpoint of just being like a marketable franchise where people recognize it, it has meaning, absolutely. From a football standpoint, (laughs) kind of. I mean, so the thing about the Bears is like they they haven't like totally bottomed out, like at least like not, you know, like maybe a season here or there, but not completely like the Lions or the Jets or the Jaguars. Like they've been a middling franchise where they have these like peaks and valleys and, you know, you have some some of those seasons of success and you get people to buy in and then you have a few seasons of, you know, just downright bad play that we've seen for too many years. So. Uh, yeah, I, I would say kind of in a sense because, you know, they're able to kind of tread water and sometimes catch lightning in a, in a bottle to, you know, have a successful season here and there. Um, but obviously they just don't have like, you know, the staying power to stay at the top of the NFL um, in terms of like wins and losses. No, I think that's a, I think it's a great answer. I definitely uh, agree with you, especially on the uh, kind of the marketing side of things for sure. Um, we're going to kind of go more inward in the timeline here. So it's been about 15 years since the last Super Bowl appearance. Um, since then, they've made the playoffs twice. 
Uh, they've seen a couple head coaching changes, a couple general manager changes, and overall just kind of that idea that they've just been kind of staying afloat, as I think the best way to describe it. If you could point a finger, and maybe it's a multiple finger thing, at someone or something that you would blame for all that, who or what would you blame? George McCaskey, because he when he took over as chairman in 2011, that's really – so he's really only been – when he took over as chairman in 2011, he's only been the chairman for one division title. He's made the playoffs uh, twice, technically, although the 2020 season, I feel like you just kind of have to have an asterisk there just because they backed in as the first seventh seed. But, you know, it, it really kind of feels like nobody want, nobody from the McCaskey family wants to do that job. And George is kind of like the last man standing like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm a fan. And he said that multiple times and he has the passion, but he doesn't understand how to actually run the franchise. He maybe leans too much on somebody like Ted Phillips or what have you. And, or maybe just, you know, uh, obviously he's appointed the wrong people in, at times. I mean, his first big move was hiring Phil Emery. And we all knew what happened there where he, Phil Emery goes rogue, wants to hire Mark Trustman when I believe that uh, George and Ted and everybody else wanted Bruce Arians. So it, it starts with George and it's kind of a double-edged sword because some people say, well, George, you got to stay out of the way. You can't make these decisions. You got to let the football people do the football things. Well, when he's let the football people do the football things, bad things have happened. And, you know, it's, it starts with him because he's the one who signs off on that. So I, I'd say it has to be just overall him taking over as chairman. And hopefully this time with Ryan Poles, he learned his lesson where he's leaning on, a diverse group uh, in terms of the search committee with Bill Polian, Sue Campbell. Um, gosh, I can't remember the woman. I feel so bad now. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that search, that search committee that they had, um, it really seems like he let them do the work and now he's pulling back and hopefully like with, with you got to have like all the things line up. You gotta, you gotta be able to like find the right draft picks well, I guess it, it starts with you got to find the right GM who hires the right coach and then finds the right draft picks and makes the right free agent signings all for a chance to win. So hopefully this is the beginning of where he actually finds the right GM who found the right head coach. And it kind of builds on something because he took a different approach this year. Yeah, I, I really liked the, the double edged sword comment, especially because I, I definitely agree. It's like it's either he's too involved or not involved at all. And it's like, he's kind of teeter tottering with that. And, and I think neither has really worked. So I, I really like yeah. the perspective you bring to that. I, I'm going to kind of go to you now um, a little bit, not, not kind of calling you out by any means, but, but kind of just want to go to you a little bit. What do you think is frustrating about covering this team in any sort of aspect writing, you know, recording, podcasting, whatever the, 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 the way it's been done or the way that you handle it or, or whatever, what is frustrating about covering the Chicago Bears? Man, I'd say the most frustrating thing is just always, you're not necessarily having to do it, but saying or writing or typing that you need to clean house and you need to fire so-and-so. It's so easy and I think lazy to kind of say like, well, they just need to fire so-and-so like that's something's not working after, you know, an extended period of time or whatever. 
And even before I was covering the Bears, um, I've been I'm going on three years now. I still remember back to the Trustman era when all of that completely fell apart and we were at that ground zero and essentially like, okay, we're trying to build up again. Like everybody's got a clean house. And then if it, that feels just like yesterday for me. And so now years later to do the same thing, it really hasn't been that long uh, in between like just total regimes, but it just feels like groundhog day where you're doing the same thing again. And I personally don't like writing or covering that way. It's, it's just, like I said earlier, it's, it feels lazy and it feels like the easy way out. And it's what everybody wants to hear though, because, you know, everybody just kind of wants to bitch and moan about it. Um, They want to hear that sounding board. I would much rather be covering like winning and important games. I mean, that 2020 stretch where you started to like get excited for that last Packers game. And it really felt like a playoff game and you're dissecting all these matches, you know, like, here's what the bears need to do to like have a chance in the game. Like that's, what's fun. It's not fun to like have to cover a team that gets blown out 36 to three and then just have to say, well, the coach is wrong. The coach can't do this right. He's ruining this guy. The just it's, it's easy to do, but it's just not fun in my opinion. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Like you've been doing this for a little bit now and I'm sure like it's, it's fun every once in a while to just get on your soapbox and yell about things or like be passionate that things need to change. But when it comes down to it, it's like, like, what are we doing? I'd much rather be talking about uh, the different matchups. Like I said, that would be just fun to look ahead at like the next game and have it be meaningful. No, I actually, I'm, that was, it's interesting you kind of bring that up because I was talking to to Zach Pearson of, of bear report who, who I've been able to write with for, I believe like six months now. And mm-hmm. I did like six keys to victory every week. That was like my article. And, and, you know, early on in the, in the year, it's a lot easier to do that when the team's like one and two, but like seasons early on mm-hmm. got to a stretch of games where I, I, I wrote one of the articles and, and I get a notification, someone commented on it on Twitter and, and the person just put, just win the game and as funny as it was like that's kind of how i felt because it it became progressively harder to be like hey how can this team win games because they weren't like it just nothing was working and 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 i don't like pointing fingers and being like well this isn't why it's working because my mindset going into those articles each week was okay i need to dissect this game kind of to your point like like key in on matchups even if it's a game that doesn't matter or they've been eliminated from playoff contention and stuff it's like i want to have those conversations where it's like okay like you bring up the packers matchup great let's talk to Devontae adams jalen johnson like i want to talk about mm-hmm. that let's talk about that matchup and like how can they slow down aaron Rodgers? and like you know can the offense you know find a way to be efficient in the red zone like i want to talk about that kind of stuff i don't want to talk about like why this team isn't working but unfortunately and, and kind of one of the points that has been brought across with this project during my time doing it is it's kind of been a constant loop. You, you compare it to kind of being groundhog day. Like it absolutely is. We we've seen it. It's, it's a continuous circle of restart, rebuild, get hopeful, get excited, collapse, fall apart. Everyone gets angry. Everyone blames everyone and stuff. And you're absolutely right. Like I, I I agree with those points because it, it gets very like, I don't want to say frustrating, but that's the best way to say it because you just want to talk about something else or you want to do yeah. things. So like people start bringing up the past, like, Oh, the bears should have done this and they should have done that. And, and actually 
it's actually a great segue to my next question here because we are going to do that really quickly here. Um, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you. You get to go back in time, any point in this timeline, 85 to 86 to 2022, you get to change one decision or, or something in history of the bears. What would you change? Easily. Going out, it's kind of, it's, it's off the mark. And I actually almost wrote like a giant story on this, but um, it is Jay Cutler not getting hurt in the 2011 um, season with his thumb because, and this is like the whole, like, what ifs you're, are you a Marvel guy? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like basically, oh, duh, Jesus Christ. I knew, I knew you like Star Wars. So <laughs> yeah, no, I got the, I got the. The, the kind of attention seeking thing in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and see, I was focused on the Mando doll. Yeah. Uh, no, the, he, the Funko. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's there too. He's my little, he's in my other thing there. There's a little <laughs> right there as well. And then I got the, the Boba head. I don't know if you can see built. That oh, one. nice. Nice. Oh yeah. I got my, uh, I got my, I don't know if you can see it. I got my Iron Man Funko pop and a lightsaber just sitting next to that. Oh yeah. The lightsaber's over here somewhere. I don't know, if it's <laughs> on, but I have it propped up against the wall. I have another one down here, but it's not in sight, unfortunately. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Perfect. So anyway, um, I, I basically could write a whole what if it episode on this situation and I almost did. Um, I truly think the bears were playing their best football in 2011 that season. Mike Martz finally, you know, he gets a lot of crap rightfully so, but the offense actually kind of worked under, you know, with Jay Cutler at that point with Matt Forte, they were just humming. And I truly think that they would have made some noise in the playoffs in 2011. I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl. but here's the thing. Jerry Angelo doesn't get fired. And Jerry Angelo was a decent GM. Decent. He definitely had his issues. But I, long story short, I could have seen the Bears getting another quarterback, you know, because Jerry loved to uh, love to get quarterbacks. All right. I'll just, I'll just basically spill the thing I was working on. Um, it's not going to publish just because it's, it's way, it, I, I got down way too many rabbit holes. But the way I saw it was, with Mike Tice's connection and Jerry Angelo's willingness to draft quarterbacks, I believe that the Bears would have made a push and probably drafted Russell Wilson the next year in 2012. And then you start a whole new era of Bears football that just doesn't happen because Jay Cutler gets hurt. Because when Cutler gets hurt, that's when Jerry Angelo gets fired. Then the Phil Emery era starts and it just completely goes off you know, how it did. So I, it's, it's crazy. It's how my mind thinks, but that's the one thing I would change because I really think the next 10 years of bears football um, could have been something incredible. If uh, obviously like, you know, something's happened, but with Jerry Angelo still on board, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, he loved to draft quarterbacks. Like we always harp on the GMs that we've had for not picking enough quarterbacks. He couldn't stop himself. <laughs> No, I, uh, two things. I mean, even if that never gets published publicly, I would absolutely read it. If you ever did the whole kind of what if, where would you go? And, and honestly, it's kind of a breath of relief that you didn't do the Patrick Mahomes over Trubisky thing. Cause that's the answer I've gotten quite a bit from a lot of people and not downplaying that answer. I think there's a yeah. lot of people that would do that if they could, but I do agree with you in the sense that like, that's a moment in Bears history that I don't think it's talked about enough. Exactly. 
because also like Jay Cutler was criticized so much. And, and I'm not saying he was amazing. He wasn't, he had his issues. He has inconsistencies, but I like your point. Like they absolutely probably make some noise in the playoffs. And, and I kind of like this idea that they maybe take a stab at a guy like Russell Wilson, even if it's not Russell Wilson necessarily, they probably go after another quarterback that year. And yeah, you know, that was the time I was, I was pretty young. So I wasn't like on the bears at that point, but I've obviously gone back and, and rewatched games and, and, mm-hmm. and done the research and stuff. It, it definitely, I felt like was a turning point that doesn't get discussed as much. And definitely, I think it's a, it's a, I, I mean, Jay might've stayed healthy if that happens and they might've actually made some noise in the playoffs and maybe they roll with him in 2012 and such. But- right. Well, that's my thing. Like they would still roll with him in 2012, but with Mike Tice there, who obviously who was brought in by Angelo and Lovey Smith, he had that huge connection to Wisconsin. He was pushing the bears to draft Russell Wilson. you also think about that was the Shane McClellan draft. I mean, Jerry Angelo loved his defensive players, but chances are he's drafting Chandler Jones or Whitney Merciless. So there's like a double, you know, you start to like really build up your draft picks and everything. And that's, that's the fun thing because it's like the answers you got about like Patrick Mahomes. like Oh yeah. Bears would have totally went to the Super Bowl. They probably would have been a lot better, but with our issue with quarterbacks and everything, you never know. This is kind of one of those, like, yeah, it, it would make a change for like that one season but it would completely uh, change just how the, you know, the next 10 years would be with potentially Jerry Angelo. And then at some point, you know, Lynn Lovey doesn't get fired at that point. And who knows, you know, from 20, from 2012 until like 2021. So anyway, yeah, no, I'm glad you like it. I, that, that stuck with me for a long time. No, I, I think it's a great one. I think it's one that doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm, I'm glad you went down that sort of rabbit hole. Um, these have been great. I got one last question for you. And this one's a little bit more on that kind of like what we should be talking about and what we should be excited about. We're 2022. You mentioned Ryan Poles, new GM. Bears got a new head coach, Matt Eberflus. And, and obviously, Justin Fields, second-year quarterback. A lot of questions about him. A lot of positive vibes around him. A lot of hope. You know, there's a lot of question marks on the roster right now. I think there's going to be a lot of decisions made. I think some decisions that Bears fans aren't ready to embrace yet, but what about the current team? And it could be the obvious answer here. It could be something else um, gives you hope that like, Hey, maybe they finally are going to figure this out. I'll give you a couple. I mean, it, uh, it is Justin Fields for one. Um, I'm not, I'm one of those people who's like, you know, I, I saw some good, I saw some bad, but I also believe in him and kind of his mentality and what he can bring. Um, the guy's a gamer and he, you know, he's not going to quit. I think he's just so poised, you know, he's got to clean some stuff up, but the potential is there. And it seems like people really do rally around him and want to play for him. Um, the other big thing, and I think we just saw it today um, with some of the moves that the front office is making. I mean, they're, they are restructuring the front office. So you're bringing in an assistant GM. You now have a director of, oh gosh, I can't remember um, the, the guy's the the guy's name that they. Um, I want to look that up. I tweeted about it too. Um, basically, just like a uh, a sports science like director. So it's not not only somebody who's going to be like a yeah, head I trainer. And I got to pull it up here. Uh, Brent Zalazar, director of high performance. Yes. Yeah. 
that yes. So overseeing, yeah, strength and conditioning and then sports science departments. That's a brand new position. We talked about Ian Cunningham coming over with um, the assistant GM position. That's brand new for the organization. So they're finally changing the way that the front office is structured. You're bringing in not only like new voices and new people, but like in new positions to give them something hopefully better to do. Um, and that, that alone gives me hope because it reminds me of what happened with the Cubs in 2016 when Theo came in. He completely revamped the entire front office. They like really bumped Crane Kenny, who's essentially the Ted Phillips of the Cubs, um, and just into the business role. He had no more football application or sorry, baseball obligations. And what did we see? We saw like a consistent winner for half a decade. And um, so changes like that really do give me hope because now you're bringing different perspectives in there and you're bringing additional voices in. So maybe if Ryan Poles, for example, he's set, he's focused on one thing and maybe Ian Cunningham can say, Hey man, like I'm actually, you know, thinking about this. Like you, you start to, you know, bring those different perspectives because it's needed and who knows what, what would have happened if Ryan Pace had that um, if he actually was able to, then you go into, you know, that other question we were talking about, if he actually would have picked somebody else, had he had like another dissenting voice with them instead of just him being the football guy. So um, yeah, I mean, like I'm kind of mixed on Matt Eberflus. I I'm really in a wait and see approach with him. Um, And I think Ryan Poles is, is going to be successful just kind of like hearing what he wants to focus on and like what he's looking for, for his players and everything. But Again, the, the front office uh, reorganization, that, that gives me hope because everybody talks about the Bears being a mom and pop shop. The mom and pop shop finally got high speed internet <laughs> or something like that. It's, they're finally expanding and, you know, it's uh, they're starting to get with the times, thankfully. That concludes the audio portion of my Capstone project. I want to thank you again for checking it out. And please check out the rest of the project as we get perspectives from both fans and players as well as to what exactly has gone wrong with the Chicago Bears.